In Psalm 117, I'll start reading in verse 1. Oh, praise the Lord. All ye nations, praise Him, all ye people, for His merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 117, as I mentioned, is the shortest chapter in the Bible. I see, by way of introduction, four things real quickly in our text, and then I'll have you turn over to Psalm chapter 150 in just a moment. But I see in this text, first of all, there is a call to praise. Very simple. I mean, very. if you took just took a little bit of time to outline this passage, you'd probably outline it the very same way. As I said, it's very simple. There's a call to praise. In verse 1 it says, Oh, praise the Lord. All you nations, praise Him, all you people. And even in the end of the verse it says, Praise ye the Lord. So there's that call to praise or the, the, uh, the, the demand or even a command to praise. Number two, I see the congregation of people. It's not just a select group. It says, oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Last time I checked, the word all still means all, and that's all all means, right? So the congregation of people, everyone should be praising the Lord. It says, all ye people. There's a congregation here, a group of people, not just an exempt group, but those who have breath in their, their life or breath in their body, as we'll see in Psalm chapter 150 in just a moment, need or have a command on their life to praise the Lord. But then I see also in this passage, there's the compassion that proceeds out. The compassion that proceeds out. Verse 2 says, For His merciful kindness is great toward us. <laughs> Hallelujah for that. Now, I, I can't find merciful kindness altogether in one lump sum defined in a dictionary anywhere. But I, def- I looked up the definition of merciful and the definition of kindness. And here it is. Merciful says having or exercising mercy, compassionate, tender, disposed to pity offenders and to forgive their offenses, unwilling to punish for injuries applied appropriately to the supreme being. Kindness, goodwill, benevolence, that temper or disp- disposition which delights in contributing to the happiness of others, which is exercised cheerfully in gratifying their wishes, supplying their wants, and alleviating their distresses, uh, benignity, I think is how it's pronounced, of nature. Kindness ever accompanies love. Kindness also defines acts of goodwill, beneficence, any act of benevolence which promotes the happiness or welfare of others, charity, hospitality, attentions to others wants, acts of kindness or kindnesses. That's seen also in Acts chapter 28. So merciful kindness, we could say this compassion that is given to us, this mercy that we do not deserve, or uh, as, as according to the definition, unwilling to punish for injuries or unwilling to punish or... or uh, give any kind of punishment out for something that someone's done to you. Being merciful. I think the fact that Jesus is merciful to us and His kindness flows out from Him. Then there's also in verse 2, the very end, at uh, of verse 2, it says, And the, the truth of the Lord endureth forever. That is the certainty that is permanent. 
the certainty that is permanent. Truth is defined as true state of facts or things. The duty of a court of justice is to discover the truth. It's also defined as conformity of words of thought to thoughts, which is called moral truth. It's also defined as correct opinion or fidelity or constancy, honesty or virtue, exactness, conformity to rule. The truth of God is his veracity. To think about the certainty or the truth that this verse tells us about. This is why we should praise him. Because of his merciful kindness is great towards us and his truth, the truth of the Lord, endureth forever. Just to think about that, that's enough to blow our minds. And I'm sorry to bore you for the first part of the message, but I have some other definitions I'd like to share with you. As far as the definition of praise. The definition, this is a biblical definition of praise. Commendation bestowed on a person for his or her personal virtues or worthy actions or anything valuable. Approbation expressed in words or songs. The expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred, glorifying or extolling a person. A scene can be best seen in the Bible in Psalm chapter 40. Also defined to extol in words or songs, to magnify, to glorify on account of, get this, of perfections and or excellent works. To praise our Lord because we get to magnify Him and glorify Him for His perfections. How awesome is that? That's best seen in Psalm 148. You can look that up if you like. But it also says, defined, praise defined as also says, to do honor to. Or to display the excellence of. How amazing is that? Turn over to Psalm chapter 150, please. Psalm 150. I was just going to read verse 6, but we're going to read the whole chapter real quick. It's only six verses. Y'all can bear with me on that, can't we? Verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Here it is. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And it doesn't just end there. There is a period, but it says, Praise ye the Lord. And that's what we're talking about this evening is just simply that. Praise ye the Lord. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath ought to praise the Lord. Just take a moment with me and take inhale with me, all right? And then exhale. Everybody together, one, two, three. All right? So you're supposed to be praising the Lord, aren't you? Still breathing, still alive. So according to this verse, we all should be praising the Lord. I have five questions for us this evening. Five questions concerning praise that I hope that we all will look into and really think in our hearts, am I really doing this with praise or am I just kind of flippant about my praise? Help us to get more serious about praising the Lord in our lives. So first of all, 
who is it that we praise? Well, obviously, no, duh, Brother Tyler. We praise God, right? Well, who is it that we praise? Think about this. This one who is so great and wonderful, powerful and mighty, ruler and judge, the creator and our Savior. Why? It is Jesus, our Redeemer, our King, our Savior, our friend that sticketh closer than a brother. It is our Master, the one whom our soul loveth, our Commander-in-Chief. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 10.21 says, He is thy praise. He is thy praise. And He is thy God that hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is our beginning and ending. He is our all and all. He is all I need. He is the breath of life. There's that breath of life, that breath that we breathe in. We're breathing in God. Amen. The living word, the water to drink of and never thirst again, the bread of life, the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light in whom is no darkness. To wrap my mind around that, it's just, it, that, that blows your mind. He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Get this here. Get this thought. He is merciful. He is kind. He is gracious. He is forgiving. He's loving. He is forbearing. He is compassionate. He is omnipresent. It means he's everywhere at once. He could be in the past, he could be in the future, and he could be right here in the present too. How amazing is that? He is omniscient, he is all-knowing. He is omnipotent, he is all-powerful. There is no one more powerful than God, hallelujah. Man, this is why we praise him. He is everything we need and everything we'll ever need. So who do we praise? This is God. He is God. This is who we praise, the only true God. The one who came to this earth and was born of a virgin. Lived a perfect and sinless life, Brother Earwood. He lived that life so that one day he could be brought before a crowd and spit upon and mocked, scorned, slapped, beaten with a cat of nine tails. To live a perfect life just to die for you and I. This is the person that we praise because of what he has done for us. That's what brings us to our next thought. It's not just who do we praise. We know we praise God. So many times we get so enthralled with uh, our own gods. We praise them instead, but we won't get into that. The, the second question is why? Do we praise him? As I mentioned, he's already come. He's come to this earth and died a horrible, horrible death for our sakes. So that we could be born again and live forever for eternity in a place called heaven. How wonderful that is. Why do we praise him? It's not as though he has blessed us beyond measure. It's sarcastic. It's not as though he reached way, 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 way down and pulled us out of the miry clay like Psalm uh, chapter, I think it's chapter 39 or 40 tells us about. It's not as though he did that and put our feet on a rock to stay, gave us a new song, 
give us a, a reason to live. It's not like he's done all that. So why should we even praise him? It's not like he suffered and bled on a cruel cross for our sins. It's not as though he's even given us a great family to have. Man, we are so, so blessed. And so many times we can become so spoiled. Not that God intends us for us to be, but we do. We, we take for granted that we have a great family. We look at the people over in Israel and their families are being killed one after another. Family members shot. Different, different things happening to them that we could not even fathom happening to our family because we live in such a great country. God has blessed us. So why do we praise Him? Because what He has done for us, where He has put us. He's put us in a safe country so far. We don't know what will happen in the future. But so far we are in a safe country. We don't have to worry about someone coming into our house and tearing our family apart and killing our family members one by one. We don't have to worry about that. We take it so for granted so many times. Why do we praise Him? Because He's done so much for you and for me. What would happen if he's, you had to swap places with one of those families over in Israel? Might open your eyes a little bit, wouldn't it? Just spiritually, sometimes we need to put ourselves in that place and maybe switch ourselves. Not, obviously not physically, but spiritually, mentally, put ourselves in that place and realize, you know what? I've got it great where I'm at. And the God has blessed me so much, and I should praise Him more often for that. I should thank Him more often for that. See those songs we sing of thank you Lord or praise him, praise him. We sing those songs and yet so many times it has no meaning coming out of our mouths. And really we, as I've heard a preacher say, we honestly we take the Lord's name in vain through singing his songs and reading his word vainly, emptily, with no meaning. I'll be careful. Why do we praise Him? Because of all that He's done. There's two things, real quickly, and I'll move on to the next thought. Two things, there's, there's a reason why we praise Him, but there's many times a reason or two reasons why we do not praise Him. First of all, I believe it's because we cannot stop praising ourselves. John chapter 12, 43, it says something to the effect of, they love the praise of men rather than the praise of God. Or praise, praise to God or something like that. Actually, just turn over there real quick if you like. Uh, I don't want to misquote it. John chapter 12. And if you, don't, if you can't flip fast enough, that's all right. I'll just read it real quick just so I'll make sure you get it right. <clears throat> John 12, 43 says, I didn't get far enough. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. There we go. Make sure I quoted it right. So many times we can't get enough of people saying, oh, man, that was a great song you sang. Man, you did a great job on that message, or you did a great job on this, you did a great job on that. And that's, that's great to be, to be accoladed by people, but make sure it doesn't go the wrong direction. Make sure it doesn't go up here. We get our heads blown up and we start thinking more of ourselves than we ought to. That's most of the time why we stop praising God is because we started praising ourselves. 
We've got to be very careful of that. And I'm not talking about false humility either. I'm talking about being a humble individual that God can use. And that through all the glory you get in your life, that glory is actually His glory. We can't stop praising ourselves. And many times, we can't stop praising others. As our pastor has said many times from this pulpit, he has mentioned how we love to celebrate or uplift athletes and actors and celebrities and all these people that are so meaningless, really, to this world. They're just caught in sin just like we were before we were saved. They need the Savior just like we did. We lift these people up higher than we lift the Word of God in our lives. We pay more attention to the, to the politicians in this world than we do the Word of God from day to day. We spend more time watching the news on television than we do reading the Word of God. We spend more time with our, our face in Facebook and Instagram and all these different things. I'm guilty myself of doing this. I spend more time praising other people on social media instead of taking time to honor God with my life and praise Him with my life by spending time with Him. So many times we do that. So why do we praise Him? We praise Him because of all He's done for. I, I, I could never praise Him enough for all He's done. But sometimes we don't praise Him like we ought to. Number three, how do we praise Him? How do we praise Him? Well, there's four things quickly, and I'll, I'll move on to the next one. First of all, according to Psalm chapter 28, verse 70. If you'd like to turn there, you can. If not, you can write these down and look at them later. But in Psalm 28, verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my what, does it say there? My song will I praise Him. First of all, how do we praise Him? With our song. Duh. I mean, we, we sing all the time to Jesus. We sing, sing praises to Him. This is how we praise Him. There's many other scriptures. Uh, Psalm 40, verse 3, I mentioned that earlier. The Psalm 69, 30 talks about praising Him with our song. Psalm 144, verse 9, we, we praise Him with song. We praise Him with our song, but we praise Him also with our shout. With our shout. Jeremiah, or I'm sorry, Ezra, Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11 says, <clears throat> And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because He is good. Make sure I got the right verse here. Ezra 3, 11. Okay. Because He is good for His mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted, there it is, shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because of the foundation of the house the Lord was laid. Obviously, this is going on with the, the foundation of the temple and all that stuff being built. But it says they shouted with a great shout. When's the last time you just said amen real loud? Or said hallelujah real loud, right? Man, it, it helps. I'll tell you what, it helps the pastor when he's preaching. It'll help the pastor when he's preaching. I'm not just up here to try to pound everybody about saying, uh, saying something while the pastor's preaching. But it helps 
those who are preaching. It helps those who are singing. It helps those who are testifying. Realize that they're not the only one enjoying themselves or praising God in the church house with our song, with our shout. But also in Psalm 119, back just a few pages from where our text was, we need to praise Him with our soul. We praise Him with our soul. Psalm 119, verse 175 says, Let my soul live, and it shall praise Thee. And let Thy judgments help me. With our soul, with all of our being, the very being that we're made of, we should praise Him from the depths of it. That's what the Bible shows us. That's also seen in Psalm 146, verse 1. But then we also praise Him, lastly, as far as this, this point, this question. How do we praise Him? With our song? Praise Him with our shout? We praise Him with our soul? Then we also praise Him with our supplication. Many times we'll be praying and we'll be asking, many times like we, we do as Christians, Lord, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. I need help, I need this, I need that. Why don't we just take a few minutes and just stop? And say, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry I've been asking so much. Lord, I just want to spend some time glorifying you. We could just take five, ten minutes. You'd be surprised how much your prayer life is going to change. Instead of just asking for things all the time, saying, Lord, I know you are the great I am. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for all that you've done in my life. That is how we praise him when our prayer, we don't just... Prayer is not just a, uh, one of those, what do they call that, a staple, the staples button where you click the button and all of a sudden help comes. It's, it's not, that's not how prayer works. Prayer is a time where we can also spend praising Him for all that He's done, thanking Him for His many, many blessings in our life. So, ask ourselves this question, am I or are we praising Him with our life? Does my life bring glory to God? Do the things I do, the places I go, the things I think, the clothes I wear, everything I do, does it glorify God or does it feed my flesh? Does it praise Him? Number four, where do we praise Him? Where do we praise Him? Psalm 150, verse 1, we just read that a minute ago. It says... Praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. What's a firmament? We understand a firmament is like an area that someone lives in, right? We live in this firmament of earth, the firmament that is around this earth. This is where we live, right? That place that is, uh, basically allows life to live. So the firmament of his power would be, according to the scripture, I would assume, if I'm wrong, someone who knows the Bible more than me can correct me after service, but and the firmament of his power would be in his presence. Be as though it's the place where he is at. And I know there's going to be times where we, really there's a time where we can't literally go and be right in front of him where he is at in heaven. Obviously we know that, okay? But the fact that when we are praising many times His presence, His Holy Spirit moves in this place. 
and we feel His presence moving, and we can praise Him when the Holy Spirit is moving through these pews, moving through the hearts of people. That's where we praise Him. We praise Him in His presence. We praise Him in His place. What's His place, Brother Tyler? Well, His place is this place. There's no other place like this place, so this must be the place. The place is His church. Psalm 149, verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and His praise in the congregation of saints. So we praise Him in, a, in His place, in His presence, but also we praise Him in His palace. <laughs> That's not going to happen until we get there. It's not going to happen until the rapture takes place or we, we pass on and go on to that wonderful place called heaven. But one of these days, every single one of us are going to get to stand before the, before the throne, before God, and get to cast, maybe it's one crown, maybe it's uh, many crowns, whatever it is, we'll get to kneel at His feet. I don't, I don't believe there's going to be people, I know there's songs that talk about shaking the hand of Jesus and hugging Jesus. I don't know how it's going to go. But I have a feeling I'm just going to want to kneel at his feet and cry for a little bit and thank him for everything he's done because we're so undeserving and praise him. There'll be a time where we get to all praise him in his palace. Man, what a wonderful time it'll be. <clears throat> Number five and last. We're almost there. When do we praise him? When do we praise him? Well, may I submit to you that we should praise Him every time we get a chance. The Bible says everything that hath a breath, praise the Lord. So every time you take a breath, you should say praise the Lord. Every time you take a breath, you say, Lord, thank you for what you did in my life just a couple weeks ago in the church service. Lord, I praise you for protecting me from this car accident. Lord, I praise you for, for uh, blessing my life with this. Or, Lord, I thank you for doing this in my life. Or, Lord, I, I'm so grateful for your grace upon my life. You didn't have to save me. Every time I take a breath, we should be saying something like, thank you. Or, Lord, I praise you for what you've done. You see, God is still good. God is still God. No matter how much the world wants to try to change it and make these superheroes into gods, God is still very God. The only true God. Not a true God. He is the true God. God is still great. He is still glorious. He is still gracious. He is still grand. He is still gigantic. <laughs> Think about that. Every time I think, hear the word gigantic, I think about the story of David and Goliath. And I get to thinking, man, in David's mind, he looked, at, he looked at Goliath, but, you know, probably standing behind Goliath was a bigger giant. And only David could see it. I, I don't know how it went, but maybe, maybe, that's, how, maybe that's how it was. And he saw an even bigger giant behind da Goliath and said, you know what? That man right there is on my side. You're going down, buddy. Man, God is still gigantic. God is still gentle. And that sweet, soft voice sometimes that whispers, Child, be careful. Or in those hard times, sometimes he'll, he'll get up close to you and he'll say, It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Everything's all right. I'm right here with you. It's going to be okay. God is still generous. See, so we ought to praise him. In the good times, but also praise Him in the bad times. That's the hardest part. 
and things are going bad, things are going wrong. We just, oh, this doesn't make sense. Why am I going through this? Why do I have to face this kind of trial right now? I wasn't expecting this. Lord, you're so good, you're so great. Man, I enjoyed the church service a week ago, but now I'm going through this hard time. Man, I don't know if I can praise you during this. The Bible tells us we should praise him all the time. Because even, as the song says, even in the valley, God is good. God on the mountain is still God in the valley. He can get us through those storms, those, those hard times, those struggles. So, I'm not going to take time, but if I, I encourage you, if you take time, I don't know if some people say the Psalms, it's, uh, it doesn't really mean a whole lot to read the Psalms because it's just so basic, but if you read these last four or five chapters, I think it's about 145, 144, all the way to the end, and really read that, it will change the way that you praise God. Realize that David and those others that wrote these psalms realized how important praise was in their life and how much it changed over time, even through the things that they went through. It changed how they praised God in their life. So just when you go to the next trial, think, man, this is another opportunity that once this is over, I get to praise him even more for all that he's done. Because he'll bring us through that again. And he'll bring me through this again. I know he will. And you can praise him for that. How can we not praise the one who's done so much for us? The song says, for many years I serve the Lord the best that I know how. Giving unto him my time and telling of his power. But if I were to spend unending hours on my knees. Praising him for everything he's ever done for me. The course says I can never praise him enough. For the cross of Calvary. I can never thank him enough. For salvation full and free. I could never do anything to deserve such perfect love. Oh for everything he's done. I can never praise him enough. Get this second verse. A thousand tongues could not express. Just what the Lord has done. As if I hadn't done enough. Or as if he hadn't done enough. He gave his only son. To hang upon a rugged cross and bear the load of sin. That explains why I cannot express the love I have for him. Man, to think of all he's done. I know I've said it a lot, but you can't exhaust it. For everything he's done for us. We go around the room. I'm, I'm not going to do that tonight, but we go around the room and take testimonies of things that God has done in your life. Maybe it's from, from having a child to ha- seeing someone saved in your life. Whatever it may be, vast uh, things that have happened in people's lives. Protecting, the protecting hand of God in certain situations. All those things we still can't praise Him enough for. We cannot praise him enough. He's been so good to us. So, ask you this question as I as I close. Um, we won't take a long time in invitation, but uh, just go and ask yourself this question. Really think in your heart, think in your your mind, and ask the Lord if we've really praised Him enough. And I, I the song says you can't praise Him enough, but have we really praised Him like we ought to? 
the way we live, the way we go about our life, does it really bring honor and glory to God? Does it praise Him? Just, just take a moment and think about how important it is to praise God and how little we really do. How little we do.